You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I have no idea how to start a review about the color purple, whether it be this new musical version or the the classic Whoopi Goldberg one, or even if we were reviewing the book, because I'm like, hey, here's a white guy talking about the color purple. <laughs> about the color Man, purple. It's yeah. really good. It's good. I I cried. I did. Yes. I tapped my toes. Chris, you know I gave you a pass before we started. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, you're right. It's right here. Okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. All right. So Sick. should I should I like try and be cool? I, no, like, no, no, no. I will take my, that pass back faster than I gave it to you. <laughs> just say anything anything you want, Chris. Just say it with respect. <laughs> <laughs> with R-E-S-B-C-T? Yes. <laughs> the, there is no Aretha Franklin in The Color Purple, which is sad because she's dead and also not in the movie. But anyway, this <laughs> is... It is sad because she's dead. The 1985 film was obviously a huge deal when it came, came out. It was also a very big deal for the careers of almost everybody involved, especially Oprah Winfrey and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, which was like, oh, they're suddenly being taken extremely seriously as mm-hmm. actresses. And yeah. then weirdly, Oprah Winfrey just kind of abandoned acting on the whole. Uh, beloved. No, but you know. I'm well, just, okay. I know. I'm just joking. But you know what I mean? Like, she like didn't make it her main thing. <laughs> no, she didn't. Yeah. Anyway, but this is like, hey, what if we uh, turn around and made that story that is really fucking darkest and fucked up in many ways mm. and Made it into a musical. And I forgot, I always remember the parts that are really dark and fucked up about it, how painful they are to watch from the original. Yeah. And not that the whole second half of it is basically a, everything's gonna work out! <laughs> well, I mean, in, in the in the musical, in the Broadway musical, stage musical fashion, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but, they, yes. Yeah. Uh, and they got, like, somebody who feels like they're appropriate for this, Blitz Bazawool, also known as Blitz the Ambassador, uh, he is a Ghanaian filmmaker, author, visual artist, rapper, singer, songwriter, and record producer. And I was like, I don't know anything about this guy, but, you know, obviously for something project like this, they want somebody who's like, okay, you've got some no pun intended roots. And, <laughs> and, and this will be important to you to do it right. And I feel like overall that was the right decision because I kind of enjoyed the shit out of this new version of The Color Purple. I did too. Yeah, I, thought, I totally agree. Yeah, I thought like um, he really struck the balance between not only the the numbers and the the story driven scenes, the the book and the and the score. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the you know the really like heavy moments and and the the lighter ones as well. I mean, there's a lot of comedy in here, and there's also some very like um, you know some somber stuff. Yeah, I mean, bad shit happens to this character, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, Seely, uh, played by Fantasia Barino, 
uh, who is probably, I for me, was the one I probably the, almost the whole cast, the one I least knew who they were. But really? you didn't vote, you didn't yeah. vote you for didn't on American Idol? Idol. I do not watch reality shows. <gasps> That's a competition level. show. Yeah, it's a still reality. <laughs> <show>. <laughs> uh, I knew nothing about her, and she's fantastic. She's perfectly cast for this. But the m- movie is just loaded down with people who have just got lungs of steel, who yeah, just like no incredible singer dancers, <clears throat> and can act as well, which is fortunate. That helps. Um, helps. But yeah, the story is Seely as a young girl. She's best friends with her sister. And they're like, we'll do everything together. But their dad is a real piece of shit and basically just sells off Seely to a neighborhood jerk face. Mr. (laughs) Yeah. Albert, Mr. Johnson, played by Coleman Domingo, who's like, she ugly, but this is the best deal I can get. So and I need to have a wife. So, uh, he just basically beats and abuses her and she just does all the housework and the, while the whole time he, j- he actually really wants to get with uh, a traveling musician. Uh, that was Shug Avery, right? Correct? Shug Avery. Yeah, played Shug by Avery. Taraji P. Henson. And, you know, it's horrible thing after horrible thing happening to Celie as, you know, she's also just separated from her sister, which all she wants is to be reunited with yeah. her. But we and know her that, children. We know that Albert, or Mr., is keeping the letters from going out or being received. Yeah, and her children, because her dad, she had had two children, which and they don't say in here, but I presume they were incestuous children. Yes, they were her father's children. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no idea, like, uh, like, what's happened to them or what's going on. But there's a point in the film where it turns from, man, what else bad could happen to this girl to suddenly everyone around her going, hey, what the fuck, dude? And yeah. <laughs> like, all right, we're going to, we're going to start making things better for, for Seeley. And, and it just kind of ends on a, it ends on such a triumphant, happy level that I was crying tears of joy watching. I was it. too. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so my boyfriend does not like musicals. <laughs> yeah. At all. You had to trick him into seeing No, this? I was like, cause it's screener season and I watched this at home. Um, because uh, I was sent it, and uh, throughout screener season, he's like, "I'm just gonna watch in bed with you. Like, I'm just gonna watch past. Let me be on my on my phone." I was like, "Don't worry, you know, just you know, just hang out, and I just this is for me." And he never put, picked his phone up. Like he was like from beginning to end, just glued. He was a fan of the original film, mm. and um, he's like, "See, this is a musical." This is, he's trying to tell me, like, "See, this is how you do a musical, Frank." Because I made him watch Hairspray, and he didn't like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, this is just so as as heavy as it is, it's so uplifting. Well, I don't want to take Todd to task here, but <laughs> I do have a little like I'm going to say overwhelmingly good things about this film. But as a musical, if I'm looking at it through those lenses, I do think it had some weak points as far as pacing went. The musical numbers that they had were all fairly short, maybe like two minutes, three minutes. I'm used to when I'm watching a musical to see about 10, 15 minutes of uh, like regular uh, movie with dialogue between characters and then a five minute musical number that's really impactful. Mm-hmm. This movie decided to go in a different direction where they would do maybe five minutes of regular dialogue and then a two minute musical over and over throughout the movie. So I thought it was a little bit... I don't know, choppy in the flow of things. I think it would have been better if they'd done maybe half the amount of musical numbers, but just made the ones they did longer. And I will admit I haven't seen the stage musical, so I don't know. Maybe this is how long the the, uh, songs are in the stage play. They cut out 13 songs from the stage musical. Holy crap. I yeah. think they could have cut like five more, if I'm being honest. 
I mean, well, this, only, this, some this of them were weaker. A, than... This is a style of musicals yeah. that's that is normal as well. I know what you're talking about, yeah. but like mm-hmm. uh, that seems like that's more of a traditional, like older style musical. But like it feels like the new style is more like this. Like more and more of them are like very short songs, but we're doing a lot of them. But those know? type of songs that she's talking about, like the five minute ones, the songs will those songs tend to advance the plot exactly and, and tell the story through. The yeah, songs. whereas here, like. The number, the the dance moves, and what was happening in, throughout the choreography—that is what was advancing the story. Yeah, but uh, I know what you mean because you do want a song in there that can just like say it all in that moment. Yeah, there's no Better song than, than in here, here, like when Buffy reveals that she didn't want to come back from heaven and once more with. Fiona. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, n- it'd be a daily without that, ar- without oxygen. Nothing can it? compete with that. Well, and I I want to try and not compare this movie to the original um, 1985 movie, but the 1985 movie did have two songs, I believe, that were longer. The song that um, Shug Avery sang in the speak in the speakeasy, mm-hmm. and then the song where Shug Avery sang with her father in the church. And both of those songs I felt were so impactful because they were longer. They were big production type songs where um, the people in the town joined in and it was a big dance number, but it was also advancing the plot for her character and um, in Celie's character in the case of the ju- in the speakeasy scene. So those two songs were so memorable and impactful because they had something to say and they were developing these characters, whereas a lot of the songs in this were short and it was kind of just some of them were just like a short joke of a song mm. and some of them were just kind of a song for no reason I felt. Mm. So that's why I'm saying I'm taking it to task as far as the flow of the musical aspect of it. I still enjoyed them all. Even if they had, they were just their set. Like most songs feel like they're celebratory in this. Like it's all about like, Hey, we like to dance or we like to sing. And they're yeah. kind of, that's really the but, whole but point. But you do need but. to get into when you have a bunch of two minute songs that, you know, to get into a musical number, it does require a change of mindsets, and you, you know, you sort of plant yourself there in the in the mindset that's required for whatever musical number is happening, and then to be you know, quickly like put back into just the straight dialogue, realistic scene. That's a lot of whiplash for an audience sometimes, and I can especially only here. There was a dancing demon, is what I'm. <laughs> You want some sewer boys in here. <laughs> no, I do not. Chris, I was actually surprised to hear you say that Fantasia was perfectly cast because other than the pacing of the musical uh, elements of the film, no. Fantasia's casting was also a huge issue for me personally. Really? Okay, I thought she was terrific. I thought she did well. I did not love her um, slave scent, her slave accent that she had. What it is was that just, term? Slave scent. I, I called it slave wow, scent. Wow, okay. But I just thought it was too heavy compared to all of her peers. A, a lot of them were speaking in like early 90s kind of a little bit, a little bit of a rural accent, country accent. But she was going full on like, this is us going to the the houses like she just kept adding s's on everything and nobody around her was doing this but i think that, so, that she's also like the least worldly yeah she's the least them. educated but yeah the, the, it was just really tough and especially again i i'm i'm going to compare it to the 1985 whoopi goldberg had an element of this but she was restrained and i felt fantasia literally watched roots or she watched some <laughs> 12 years a slave and she was like yeah i'm, I'm just gonna do this but she didn't try to make it a little bit more contemporary for the time it was set in. Hmm. So that was a big issue I had with her. And think, I also... Do you think it would be... Do you think it felt like a stage performance then? Um, from her? Because, you know, it probably would play well, more exaggerated it, it on stage. Her, it wasn't just her accent. It was more so 
the way this this the way the story was built, I almost felt more sympathy for Mister, her abusive, rapey husband, than I did her. <laughs> what? Because, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. I'm saying I felt sympathy for him because we he was a more well rounded character. We got to meet his father. We we got to see him towards the end of the movie struggle a little bit, and we almost understood his plight of being a man in the early 1900s who's so used to being around ab- other abusive men that he feels like he has to grandstand has to and be yeah. the most abusive in order to get respect. So the story did a gr- great job of of developing his character, and I felt like it was weaker when it came to Celie because really the whole movie she's just a victim. She she has almost no moment... Um, one or two moments, honestly, where she stands up for herself. And I think they could have sprinkled her um rebellious nature a little bit more before we got to the very end when she actually does her big moment. I do know what you mean. I think you're right because up until that, it's either, it is either her being a victim or um Sophia or uh, Suge saying, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, she never finds that really for herself until much later on, much later than I was expecting to. Mm, that's a really valid point. Thank you. For sure. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly in the film, like one of the points of the film is every all these women around her going, you have to learn to stand up for yourself. Right. And yeah. I feel like the it's doing that in a way that it's trying to say out to abused woman who might be watching this. I know it's hard, the hardest thing you've ever done, but you have to do this. And that's what they're aiming for. But you're right. It makes her in some ways a less interesting character because there's not much to her past being a victim mm-hmm. yeah um another really and i'm glad you mentioned the other strong women around her like mm-hmm. uh suge and sophia sophia and sophia oh my god somebody seriously give danielle brooks she an oscar was amazing she was oh, my favorite absolute favorite female character i think mister was my favorite male character and suge mm-hmm. was my favorite female character so strong, so uh, like magnetic, charismatic, mm-hmm. um, and it was. I think she did a great job of portraying a woman who, at that time, in the like early to mid nineteen hundreds, was unusual because of how brassy she was. Mm-hmm. She won. She wouldn't let her husband beat her, and you know she, she's liberated. She just, she's very liberated, yeah. and it was unusual, and it was something for Celie to see. Mm-hmm. And seeing it through Celie's eyes, I could see how Sophia could almost be terrifying as a woman because it's like, oh, you're going to get in trouble if you keep acting like this. Yeah. And she does eventually get in trouble. Um, but I think that was a really great way to just show Danielle's range as an actress because yeah. she can be this, you know, liberated sexual woman who doesn't take anything What's, from any man. And it, then she can also be kind of damaged because she was like that when she one of her first scenes when she goes and confronts mister you know because she wants to marry harpo uh mr son and um she leaves and saying don't keep me waiting <laughs> i mean oh my god i was like oh this is awesome she's she's amazing but yeah when you do when you do see her spirit broken um you do realize that there is a price for her being as as liberated and with abandon as she is. Mm. That's you know, it's just it's very indicative of the of those times and yeah. being a black woman during those times. And it, it's a very sobering moment. And I appreciated I appreciate the balance um, with that. 
And with her character, um, I, I don't want to stay on her for too long, but I will say I laughed the hardest when she was on screen and I cried the, the most when she yes. was on screen. Yeah. And so that's another reason that I had to knock Fantasia down a bit because <laughs> I, it, I, I'm not knocking her down, but I'm just saying as performance wise, I didn't have any high highs with her character or any any like really sad moments for her character. It was all kind of just me watching, just like she's kind of letting her life go by and she's just almost floating through her own life without having any strong reactions. That's how I felt watching her character. And then she's surrounded by all these other characters that I did feel um, sorrow for or joy with. Yeah. So that's why I have to say she wasn't the strongest. I think Daniel Brooks was the MVP here. Of the she film, definitely absolutely. was. Yeah. yeah. And, and after her, Taraji P. Henson, who's just like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Who just, when she, every time she gets ready to sing, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. so good. <laughs> she was perfectly cast um, as, as Suge, for sure. Yeah. Coleman Domingo, what a performance. Yeah, no, oh playing Mr. Uh, he played a lot of assholes in his career. Yeah, but like. I think and this he, is the most nuanced one for me. It's a, it is a a character that could easily have been very one note, and he does a yeah. lot more with it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why don't we go to final thoughts then, Kim? You want to? Yeah, take I'll kick us it off. off. So overall, this was a joy of a film to watch. The I'd say maybe fifty percent of the songs were fun the other 50 percent maybe dragged a little bit or like halted the film in an awkward way for me so on a musical level it would probably be lower but on a storytelling level there were so many well-developed characters around Celie that i could mm-hmm. really kind of stick my teeth into and i love seeing a character over the course of 20 years grow and develop and i think this film was directed in a beautiful way um where it really um you could see the countryside. That's something that isn't really um, beautiful in a lot of movies. It Usually it looks boring. But this film was really well um, directed, I thought, where the actors were... Uh, I don't know. I, I thought they interacted with each other in really, really great ways, especially in these key scenes where Celie first marries Mr. And she's immediately thrown into his house of chaos with his three or four kids. And you see how dirty the house is. And, you know, you just get feel really thrown into the environment that she's in. Same thing when Mr.'s in the field and, you know, this is his livelihood and some things happen to him towards the end of the film. And you really feel that like, oh, man, this land was your livelihood and, and things are happening. And so overall, I'm going to give this I'm, I'm on the fence because I think oh, the movie's great, but I think there's some improvement if. The main character maybe was cast with somebody with a little bit more range. I probably could have could have gone higher because, like I said, her supporting cast was just phenomenal. You mean acting range, right? Uh, or the singing as well? No, no. Sing- obviously, Fantasia yeah, is an amazing singer. <laughs> I meant acting range. Okay. Uh, I don't know if she has it or if her slave scent was keeping me from seeing it. <laughs> but I'm going to give this film a 7 out of 10. Mm, speakeasies fair enough frank yeah um i was not sure how i was going to uh take this because uh, i'm a fan of musicals but they can go either way and i'm always really nervous whenever i have to see uh a reworking or reimagining of a of a classic piece um but i was quickly like put at ease this was <clears throat> so uh soulful and uh incredibly moving 
it does have that big splashy musical uh, feel to it, but it's got so many great moments of intimacy and real, real strong character moments. Uh, it's got a f- tremendous sense of place. The production design, you know, you really do feel the the era and the world that these people come from. I liked all the performances. I I do think that, uh, and this is Fantasia's first uh, film role, but I do agree. I think that everybody else around her is just so much um, stronger than she is. I do think that Danielle Brooks is just uh, amazing. She is a treasure. I mean, she already. can stand up to John Cena. She can stand up. All right. Yeah. I love the way she respect. You know, I mean, just like that's going to live in my head, red and free. That has been living in my head, red and free. Um, one thing that I really, really liked a lot that I, I don't know why I didn't pick this up when I watched the uh, Spielberg film, but because I was just I was uh, much younger when I saw that film and I haven't seen it since um, in a very long time. But I loved the uh, the sisterhood that emerges um, in the second half, really in the second half and just in, builds and builds and builds <clears throat> all the way through. I loved seeing these women be each other's, um, backbones and sources of strength. Um, and each of them serving in those roles, um, that scene when, uh, Sophia really thanks and, uh, you know, expresses so much gratitude to Celie for, um, being there for her repeatedly um after she goes through what she goes through oh yeah the emotion uh the music everything it's great it's great it's all great so i'm gonna go ahead and give this um eight out of ten uh hearty belly laugh from sophia because there's this scene where she's just quiet the entire time and then she says she lets out a huge huge laugh and it's it's pretty fun and she says sophia's home (laughs) Yeah, uh, this is a big movie. It's got a, a a lot of heart went into making it, certainly, which it has to. You're making a musical. It's just got you got to give your all, and I feel like this director really did. Apparently, it is pretty darn different from the both it, the stage play, and it's also obviously different than the 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 movie as well. But it sort of feels like it's trying to combine both into something new. Um, I, it's been a while since I've watched the movie and I've never seen the stage play. This is just me hearing that from other critics saying, yes, it is definitely not the exact same thing. I don't know, man. This is just watching some incredibly talented people sing and dance and with really well-written numbers in a way that's really fun and I never get tired of. See, my problem sometimes with this title musical you're t- suggesting is like uh, outside of the very best ones. I get bored of the songs. I'm like, come on, man, wrap this shit up. But then again, I'm an old punk rocker. We like our songs to be about two minutes long. You should watch, you should watch nine. They're pretty good. Uh, Nine's not, pretty good. Not crazy about nine. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I like I'm trying to sell like you on it at some nine. point. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's never going to happen, Frank. Nine's a terrible movie. Get used to it. Anyway, uh, yeah, and the just the crew of singers and dancers here are just exceptional. And, you know, obviously it'd be, who are you that you're not moved by this story, right? Like it's got to be a point that by the end, if you're not crying at least a little, I don't know what yeah, to tell exactly. you. It's like, I was just openly bawling watching this one. Good. Like, Oh, cause you add just this, you know, the, the happy tears that are going to come with the story with the fact that they're also singing. Yeah. Forget it. I was over <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I see your points very much, Kim, what you're saying about that with uh, Seely as a character. I still don't know if I 100% there with the with your assessment of her as an actress, because I feel like they really make such a point of saying she is so she is so isolated. She is so kept away from any sort of education, from other people socializing anything that she would sound different than other people. She's very ignorant. And, you know, that's the... You know, she doesn't want to be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and that's part of why she's so not, doesn't even understand the idea of like standing up for herself, really. Cause it's like she doesn't have any exposure to it until she starts really seeing characters like Sophia and, uh, Suge. And man, the, I, the screen just lights up every time they're on the screen. Uh, I loved this. I'm going to give it. Eight out of ten opinions that I, as a white person, should just probably shut up and not say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Does that include your opinion of nine? Then can Uh, you shut up about that? No, is that is that is that about uh, like a black woman and abuse? No, it's about Italian film director. Yeah. So, (laughs) are you an Italian film director, Frank? Uh, I am not. Well, I am. So. (laughs) 